welcome to High Action. I'm Perry Smith. I'm Will Brom. I'm John Story, and together we're the New West Guitar Group. On today's episode of High Action, we're featuring Chico Pinheiro. A special thanks to our Patreon members and our sponsors who make this podcast possible. For more information on High Action and how you can get involved, please visit www.newwestguitar.com slash highaction. How fascinating to talk to Chico about growing up in Brazil and how his influences, like the, his heroes were literally having him sit in on those gigs because the community is so tight and stuff. So, you know, it was just a great interview. You know, Will, what was, what was something you took away from this one, man? Well, first of all, I love how warm he always is. And I, like the first time I met him, he, which was after the uh, Hancock competition, he just gave me a big hug. Like that was literally our first, you know, back when you could hug, hug people. Like he's such, he's such a warm, genuine guy. Um, I loved Perry when you were talking to him about his solo guitar influences. And, um, and of course, I love when he brought up Jimmy Weibel, who was studying his music's been a big part of the last year for me. So I, j- I just love Chico's energy. You know, I mean, he's so so easy to talk with and his playing is beautiful it, yeah it's so fun yeah he's a great guy we're really lucky to get him on you know kind of just getting a different perspective uh from his background coming up in brazil as we know one of the great things about the culture in brazil is that the guitar is so popular there and there's a great tradition of guitar playing down there there's a lot of seriously happening guitar players down there um, that we don't even really know about some of the names that he was dropping i had to go back and check out you know, so I think uh, hopefully we have some listeners in Brazil that can appreciate this one. But Chico's a, you know, he's kind of a rare player because he really has a wonderful marriage between the Brazilian music and the jazz tradition. One of the things I love, we all touched base with him on is how um, the tradition of jazz music and his cult and his music down there is so much involved with dance. And like every time you go out and hear the music in clubs, there's people listening to the music and checking out the band, but you've got, you've got Joao Bosco. He mentioned like would be playing in a small club, you know, and there'd be people dancing, like dancing is synonymous with that music. And, I guess that would have been what it would have been like to be a, a jazz musician in the 40s here, to go hear Charlie Christian play with Benny Goodman. You'd be in a room with like 300 people dancing, you know, in a dance hall, or, or, or Count Basie. You know, you'd, you'd go hear the bands, but you'd see a lot of people dancing, and you would be dancing. So I find that that's, that's a fascinating part of that culture, something I wish we could have experienced a little bit more. I know all three of us have had a lot of experience playing in big bands and doing dance band kind of gigs, but it's so different when the music that people are dancing to is this creative deep like rhythmic kind of music a lot of original music and all the rhythms right you just got to start being able to play some uh house music on that l5 of yours john i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) then you'll get some people dancing a midi pickup oh man yeah Yeah, get the midi pickup and the and do the beatboxing thing on the guitar i got got the midi pickup last week oh man (laughs) yeah i bet and and that's a yeah I know. There's, there are, you're right. There are ways we could be doing music to people dancing, but uh, I'm choosing the, uh, the artsy route, the route where people are just coming and listening to me, you know, where there's like as many people in the audience as there are on the bandstand, you know, yeah, that's, right, that's where right. I feel most comfortable. 
that would be an improvement even nowadays, you know? <laughs> yeah, who's, who's even dancing now? I know, I know. And, you know, here in California, they just talked about kind of how they're going to open up certain things to the public, live entertainment, and, like, doing 25% capacity, then 50% capacity. And I'm like, man, jazz is going to be back at the yellow tier because it's always 25% capacity. Uh, <laughs> where's our jungle? Yellow one. tier. Except for New West gigs. We always pack it in at New West gigs. Yeah, definitely. But man, well, we should just get right onto this interview. There was a lot to talk about today. And for those listeners who are wanting to support us, be sure to check out our Patreon page. We have a lot of exclusive content. Some of the discussion um, we're cutting up just for our Patreon followers. So if you like our pre-roll, be sure to go to Patreon and subscribe. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, be sure to follow us in all those places because we're posting the episodes every week and don't forget instagram as well so here we go we're going to start rolling episode 24 mr chico pinero So good to see you guys, man. Yeah, in this, man. In the midst, oh, man, it's this pandemic thing, man. It's <sighs> enough, right? Enough. <laughs> we had enough. We had enough. enough. I know. Oh, but at least it's a time for us to start the high action podcast and get guys like you on here, Chico, you know, our, our buddies. <laughs> you know what? That, that's that's absolutely true. You know, like I learned some some things that I've been, you know, like procrastinating my whole life. And now I, I this is one of, you know, like I'm, I'm using this, all these devices, interfaces and, and stuff. And I never, we, we've been spoiled with great sound engineers, you know, yeah. our whole lives. And, and now we have, we got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's the bright size of, of this, this thing, right? I yep. mean, we have to reinvent ourselves. Yep. And how cool that we play the guitar and that all these interfaces and all this stuff, these guys seem to be guitar players that invent this stuff because it's so easy to plug guitars into it and, you know, get all sorts of stuff with yeah, it. Yeah, so. man. I can see. Oh, my God, Perry, you have a lot of guitars, a lot of beauties. I do. Oh, I got my some God. good ones. That's, that's I got some great. Gibsons. <laughs> and I got some acoustics. I even got a, a, a Japanese reissued D'Angelico. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Surprisingly a good guitar. Wow. Yeah, it is. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Will man, yeah, dude. Yeah. I haven't seen you since December, like almost a year. Man, yeah. Time yeah. flies. Like this year has been so crazy. I think for everyone, and it's yeah, kind of, man. it's it seems that right, like somehow, like time stopped, and we are kind of up in the air, like just waiting for the next mm-hmm. chap- chapters to to unfold. I mean, it's it's just insane. But I mean, like, it, it, and it keeps like surprising us, right? Like the elections and everything. You know, we've been through the ringer. I mean, but at the same time, there's so much to learn from this. I've often wondered what our heroes, what our favorite guitar players would have done if they went through this in the '60s or '70s, right, you right, know, yeah, before yeah. there was social media. That's a good point. If guys like Wes in 1964 was just stuck at home, what would he have sounded like <laughs> when he came out from something like that? True. But yeah, man, it's it's a great time to connect with our friends. And again, we just so appreciate you taking the time this morning, man, to, to do oh, this. Oh, man. Of and, course. Yeah. And so uh, I'm just so curious, man, that you know, we've connected over the years in a variety of ways. 
We've played that same book in Anthony's quartet a number of times, flip-flop that back and forth. Yes. <laughs> I remember exchanging some emails with you about those parts. And um, yeah, seeing you at Sam first when you were out here in LA last and getting to connect with you, man. Ah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sounded so great. And I've always wanted an opportunity to sit down and talk to you more about your music and your life and your, your background. So just to start off, man, you know, coming from Brazil and growing up in Sao Paulo, um, I assume, so Sao Paulo is a lot like LA in that it's just a, it's a really spread out kind of place, right? In terms of both the music scene and just culturally. It is, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's pretty much spread out. Like it's a huge, massive city. Mm -hmm. like, like we have almost like 20 million people there. Wow. So it's it's huge, like a terrible traffic, like LA. I, I'm not sure. It's different. At the same time, it's very vibrant. You know, like the city. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Sao Paulo, so mm -hmm. it's a very. Uh, you have a, all kinds of culture. You know, like and and music and 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 trouble. You know, like and it's like a, it's a big city. You yeah. know, like the, I think the biggest city or the second biggest city in in South America. Yeah. So, so it's huge. Yeah. yeah. And no, and, and it comes like when you grow up in a place like that, you know, like it, you have great things happening and you have bad things happening. I mean, I got mugged when I was as a teenager, you know, like it's a kind of, like it's, it's not a, the safest place on earth, but you start, you know, like a, you learn to deal with that, you know, like so, and, and from all this, this, it's, it's a hustle, you know, like, like yeah. New York, like LA, you know, it's not an, an easy place and pleasant place to live, but it's, it's great still, you know, like a pleasant, in a way, you know, like it's very pleasant, of course, but it's like LA in a sense that is not a big, uh, 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 it's not a, a beautiful city like Rio de Janeiro, you know, or, or like it's, it's a city like LA. I remember the first time I went to LA, I hated it. I hate it because I, I, you know, to, to me, like it, it's everything seemed so far, you mm -hmm. know, to just get a bread, you know, like in a coffee, you would have to, you know, like <laughs> to get in a car and, and drive for whatever, 10 minutes. At Sao Paulo is a little bit different than that. You no, know, right. things are not that as, as far kind of like, it doesn't feel that far, mm -hmm. right? But in a way, it, it's very it's very similar to LA, and uh, so and I remember the second time I went to LA was with Anthony Wilson, right? Which is a local, and he loves LA, and he's a, a bon vivant. So, <laughs> so on top of that, so like I, I oh, okay, oh now I understand why you guys love LA so much. So like I was like he was taking me to the most, you know, interesting and great places, and and I I was meeting so much you know like so many great people you know and yeah. um so yeah it was a really different experience so la like sao paulo is the kind of city that you have to be you know kind of like a local from inside to 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 understand and really appreciate it you know yeah. so yeah yeah it's, it's, i mean and it grows on you a little bit you know i'm the same way when i got to la i didn't care for it too much and now i, I love it and it's great the fact right? that it is spread out has its benefits and every the music scene here, it's it's um it's it's one of a kind. But I, I've always heard people talk about that with Sao Paulo and Los Angeles being set up like that. Did you find yeah. as a youngster was it easy to get out and hear hear a lot of live music um, when you were younger in Sao Paulo? Absolutely. I, my my mom is a huge fan. You know, like he's she's a she's a she loves music. You know, like so I started playing. I started out playing the guitar when I was six. Mm -hmm. 
as basically as everyone in, in Brazil, because we always have a guitar and a piano or whatever, like instruments at home. So I started out like just messing around with the guitar. And uh, I fell in love with the guitar. I had a piano at home. I had like a, a little drum set, you know, like because uh, they, they used to 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 to. My mom used to have jam sessions, you know, like she, she would be hosting <laughs> jam sessions with friends and stuff. Like she plays great. She's still playing great. Like not like an, not professionally, but but right. but uh, her repertoire is really amazing when it comes to Brazilian music. She plays all kinds of music from Edu Lobo, uh, Tom Jobim, Pixinguinha, Choro. She plays it all, you know, like. Uh, but she doesn't like to play anymore. Like, oh, no, you know, no, now you are the pro in the family. I say, man, you play better than me, honestly. Like, you know, way, you know, like more tunes that I do. Right. So the thing is that, uh, so I started like in a, in a very natural way, you know, like it wasn't something that was imposed or anything. Like, you know, you have to learn. So I, I then, then later on, I got interested. Like they never pushed me to, to learn anything, you know, like mm. it was, other than like you have to 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 be at school, obviously. Right. But other right. than that, I mean, I I I just fell in love with with the instrument. You know, later uh, uh, early on, yeah. I'm, I I think like probably like you guys, you know, like a, a, at a certain point, oh, you know, look, it, it, it's kind of like it's magic, you know. And the first the first tune that I played was a Dear Prudence by the Beatles. That was yeah. the first one. <laughs> right? I loved it. The White Album. I just loved it. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure that this is from the White Al Album. Yeah, I think so. And and Blackbird. Mm -hmm. Those like a yeah. very, not a, like kind of slower and stuff. Like I love the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, and all this, uh, and I started, you know, and all that, like we have a huge and, and very uh, interesting school like as uh, uh, as far as guitar in brazil we have a like a, a very kind of particular way of playing it and everyone plays it so mm -hmm. i started up going to concerts very at a very early age so i got the chance to see baden powell uh, rafael rabelo you know i remember wow. pretty clearly to, of like I've, I've seen rafael playing in a bar that wow. i cannot even describe Wow. Guys. Like there was, yeah. th there were twenty people there. I don't know if you guys, uh, uh, if you guys heard about Rafael. Rafael is an amazing, yes, beautiful player, like a, a genius. And I saw him playing a, a solo concert. That was really, that concert was kind of. It just like knocked me out, you know. Like, right. And I was like, oh my god, I, I was like ten or whatever, something like that, eight or ten. And and Baden yeah. Powell was the same. Oh wow. Wow, so wow, all wow. this kind of music, and I saw uh, Jean Bosco very early. Like I, so I never seen any any concert by Jobim, which I kind is kind of like I don't know why. He was the kind of he was a very reserved guy. Mm -hmm. He didn't he didn't like to play live. I don't know for some reason. You know, like it was like it was very rare when he mm. when. Uh, but I remember that I I saw so many people. You know, yeah. so many all. I mean, you name it, you know, like I, I've seen like, and my mommy would take me to these concerts when I was four, five, and I was completely Jackson do Pandeiro, like many, many people. And Sao Paulo is like that. It was like LA, like New York, you know, it's, it's kind of a hub as far as the culture. So everyone would go and play in Sao Paulo, you know, right. would go there and play like both like from everywhere, you know, like from Europe, from here, from the States, from, from Brazil. So you, I got a chance to, to hear to all this different and, and very, you know, uh, a vibrant kind of music, and and yeah, 
That was my, my whole life. I have been doing that, you know? Right. I imagine at these concerts, was there also a lot of dancing too? It's not just sitting and listening to this music. That's that to me. I imagine that's the biggest difference between American culture with jazz and what you grew up with. It is just dance is synonymous with all of this, right? Yes, absolutely. I have a friend of mine who's kind of a, a thinker, a modern thinker in Brazil. He's very well known actually. And he, he said something that I that I, I I I think it's great. Like jazz, it's all about its desire of of uh, I don't know if that's I don't know if my my English is good enough to to but it's the it's the desire of of power in a sense that you have the soloist and you go and you step for and you go for it, you know and it's all about Brazil. in Brazil is the promise of happiness. Mm -hmm. That's the concept of music because you know it's not as professional. No, people kind of like they mess up a little bit, you know, like, and that's, I, I remember I was so impressed about the the proficiency of the American, Americans, uh, American uh, musicians, you know, mm -hmm. that got really better, you know, like I, I would say in the last 10 or 15 years in Brazil, people are more, you know, technical and stuff. But back in the day, it wasn't like that. And here I remember like people in the 60s, 70s, they were like completely flawless, you know, like in Brazil, like people are gathering, gathering a, a, in place like Bossa Nova was born in an apartment, you know, yeah. where people would gather, you know, just to, to have some beers and play. That was it, you know. Yeah. So in a sense, like jazz is like that, but it became something more serious, you know, with time, with time. Right. And so Brazilian music, I would say, and I kind of miss that vibe, you know, that yeah. kind of like not professional, you know, like kind of this, you know, this playful, mm -hmm. you know, like spirit of Brazilian music that, that that's been all, always, you know, my, my main thing. And I love, that's why I love songs, you know, uh, and I grew up listening to songs because I was really, you know, attached to the lyrics, you know, like found of the lyrics and, right. and, and I always loved, you know, poetry, so that's the thing that I love, you know, about Brazilian music. It's very, it, it, it brings you in. I think that jazz was like that in the United States, for, uh, you know, maybe in the 50s and 60s, there was more people just sitting in and just jamming and playing. And, and Will and I actually grew up up in Portland, Oregon, which had a great scene that really encouraged young people to sit in on gigs. All my teachers would be playing casual gigs and they would say, hey, come sit in, come play, you know? And I, it's so cool to hear you talk that, that because there was wasn't that like um, that most of the gigs were pretty loose. It sounds like there was a lot of opportunities for you as a teenager to get up and play with all of these guys. And then did they encourage you to look at Berkeley as, as a place to go uh, for university when you were out of high school down there? I, I discovered that through friends that the so former students in, in when they went back to Brazil, I mean, a lot of them went back to Brazil and started like, you know, I, I used to have uh, classes, arranging classes with one of the guy, these guys. He's kind of like a guru, or a, a mentor, and he said, no, you should apply for, for Berkeley, you know, like a uh, scholarship or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. and I did. And at the time, I was going already to the university. I was, I was, uh, my major was physics. And, uh, and I always loved mathematics, physics, this kind of stuff. Then mm -hmm. I, I, and I dropped you know, my, 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 I was, my, I was in my second year and, uh, and then I finally, like they accepted me, you know, like, so I, 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 I did an audition and they accepted me and I got a scholarship. So I, I, I told my dad, you know, like I'm leaving, you know, I'm going to Boston. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting conversation. Like, yeah, he was okay. <laughs> it was a very interesting Okay, so, okay, you're leaving the, fine. Like, actually, they were very, you know, like supportive. But, mm-hmm. but, but he said, you know, so now you're on your own. I mean, I, I'm, I cannot afford, you know, like to, you know, so, so, so what I did is like, cause even, even though I had a scholarship, you know, it was expensive to live in Boston, just to live there. At the end, they helped me a lot, but I mean, it was uh, it was great, you know, to be there, just mm-hmm. to be there to you know, like to hang out with all these great musicians, you know. That's that was the best part, right? Know? Like right. just to as as everywhere when you go to school, like the, the, the you know, like the network and and playing with with better people, you know, better players than you, you know, like more experienced players, you know. I was very young, and I remember I was I got my 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 S kicked pretty bad you know like pretty good i would say yeah. <laughs> and that was great it was a really like fantastic lesson i was like oh my god these guys can play man <laughs> you know i bet did, did it make you want to stay in the u.s after berkeley and go to new york and everything or did it inspire you to to take what you learned at berkeley and go back to brazil and and really do your career there or were you kind of just trying to suss it out depending on who you were meeting i'm always curious to ask my friends who come That's from a, another country yeah. you know that's a very interesting question because you know I always tell people, I, I always say that the, the, the most important things that happened to me as far as my career or <clears throat> professionally was by, by chance. You know, it was like, it wasn't something that I planned to. Like, for instance, like when I, as soon as I finished Berkeley, I wanted to go to New York, right? And I remember at the time, uh, Miguel Zenon was coming to New York. So we, we even talked about being roommates you know like let's let's you know like at the beginning i remember that but my mom now she's doing great but my mom got pre- got sick in brazil mm. pretty bad i mean it, it was re- very very serious so as soon as i graduated the next day I, I i flew out to brazil the next day and and so she got better and things got but so and and life happened you know like I, I stayed in brazil for a while i built my career there i play i had the chance as you guys had to play with a lot of people as a sideman, which is not as easy today, you know, like today, you know, cause there's, there are not, not a, a major, I would say like major artists anymore in the sense that like touring the whole year, like 12 months a year, you know, like, and, and, and I got a chance to, to, to play with a bunch of people like that. So that was a great lesson for me as far as, as getting experience playing uh, Brazilian music, of course, right. Uh, but right. all kinds of music, right? Uh, but from 2006 on, I started coming to you to the states to work. You know, like to get like invitations to to record here. To uh, and and it got to the point that in 2013, I think I I came here 10 or 11 times <laughs> in one year, wow. and it, it started to get expensive. You know, I, I said, oh, my God, because the visa is, is special. It's like it's super expensive. And it got, it started to get hard, you know, like a more difficult to come here, like, you know, every month, you know, like and play because you, you can't just come here uh, as, as a tourist, you know, under a tourist visa, you have to. So anyway, so and, and, and then in 2000, 2014, I started dating my my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. 
And she was thinking about come here to the States, to, to, to New York, to do her master's in documentary film. So everything started, you know, like to come together. And right. so, and, but I mean, John, everyone that I've played with, like I, I never, people, they always think you, we, we have a recipe. And so, you know, you know what, you know, to, to be successful, you know, you have to do that, to play with, man, it's not like that. The only thing I tell them is like, be prepared. Because like a lot of opportunities, they're going to just show up. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to present it. They're, they're going to present to you in a way that it, and some, and most of the time is unexpected. You're going to be at home and you're, you're, you know, like you're going to, now you're going to have a, you're going to get a text or whatever. Somebody's going to call you asking you for, for, you know, like, oh, okay, are you available? You know, like, blah, 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 and, it, and that, and that's it. You know, like, you know, you guys being there too. Yeah. So like when that happens, you know, you have to be prepared. Yeah. So right? true. And I, it's, it's so great hearing you talk about this and how that you found that through going to school. And then you're, you're going between the, you're going back to your home country. You released a couple fantastic records in 2003. Forgive me I, I, for pronouncing this. Um, can, can you help me pronounce it? Okay. It's midnight and noon. I love it. I love it. And it was, it was in the press in Brazil. It was, it was said to be one of the top 10 records of the year coming out of the country, which is awesome, man. And hearing you, yeah. I, I listened to that. I'd love to actually play right now for our listeners, a little clip off of the album that you released in 2010 on Sunnyside that, um, it, it called there's a storm inside. And this is the track, uh, floor de fogo. Yes. Did I pronounce it correctly? Perfect. Like I get so, man. I get so nervous talking because <laughs> no, I love, I love I'm, Portuguese. I'm the one that should be nervous here, man. My English is terrible, man. <laughs> Let's take a quick listen to this beautiful, beautiful song. Amor tem que ser de dois, senão ele fica menor Ah, amor que é de um só, só tá doido que ninguém supôs Ponto que não tem nome que se desfaz depois Amor é de mais de um, de dois que se faz um amor Senão ele fica comum Ah, senão ele perde o valor Sei que já teve algum Sei que já teve ardor, sei que era amor de brasa Pois o amor é feito flor de fogo em casa É o que é, é um homem semeando labareda I, let's just listen to that all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, thank you. Yeah, it's been a while I haven't listened to this. Yeah. Today's episode of High Action is brought to you by Henriksen Amplifiers. So we've used Henriksen now exclusively in the New West Guitar Group since about 2013. The amps are fantastic. They have a real natural sound to them. And if you're a guitar player who cares about the way that your archtop guitar just sounds uh, in of its own, it's a great amp to check out. 
They're also incredibly durable, really gig worthy. Um, we really dig them. They're very consistent, even, and they sound beautiful. So if you want more information on the Bud, the Blue, the Bud 10, the Blue 10, the Forte, or other products that Hendrickson makes, check them out online at www.henriksenamplifiers.com. So Perry, did you meet Chico around this time? Because this is 2010, so you're going a little bit into New York, and and I'm just I'm very curious because as Chico, as you know, um, Perry's out in New York with you too, so. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I had the pleasure of seeing you, Chico, at Bar Next Door. This must have been at least two, maybe three years ago. You were doing a solo guitar oh, cool. thing there. And uh, yeah, but unfortunately, our paths have not crossed, as is common being guitar players in New York. Everybody ends up on different gigs. Yeah, it's, it's true, right? I think, yeah, I, I, I think we, we haven't bumped into each other that much here. You know, but I mean, New York is weird. I, I I always tell people that when I moved here, I used to see all my peers and my friends here in New York. When I was back in Brazil, living in Brazil, every time I would visit New York, I would see everyone. And now I don't I don't get to see anyone, and I live yeah. here. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get you know, cats get busy with stuff, and everyone's working different gigs, and yeah, so, that's why I always say there should be at least two guitar players on every gig. You know, maybe yeah. three. You know? <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely uh, but, right. But Chico, it's been a pleasure to uh, listen to you speak about your roots and over the years hearing you play, really admired your stuff. Um, hearing you at Bar Next Door, I remember, was a really cool experience. It's such an intimate venue. And I enjoy playing there, but I also enjoy hearing cats play there. And you did uh, a solo guitar thing with Peter Maza. It was like part of his series. But uh, it was great. I mean, solo guitar is such a huge part of how I try to approach playing the instrument too. And uh, I think it's can be a big hurdle for a lot of guitar players. And mm -hmm. you know, you've incorporated it so well with your style, with the singing. Um, but I wanted to ask you just kind of initially off the bat, who are some of your influences from a solo guitar standpoint and sort of what have you kind of gained in the last say five years with, with that style of playing? I've heard uh, many people. Uh, I would say, you know, I, as far as Brazilian, definitely uh, uh, Baden Powell uh, yes. and Rafael Rabelo were like, right. but also, also, uh, I love, you know, actually, one of like everyone, I'm going to try to be a little bit, uh, Jimmy Weibo is, it's a great, a great influence yeah. as well, you know, oh, like yeah. for, for sure, you know, like I think his, his approach to the instrument is just genius, amazing, you know, like it's so 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 and there's and, and that's the thing because there's so many different players you know and i love of course paco de lucia you know and and mm -hmm. and all these guys from the flamenco you know and uh and i oh, so much so uh, marco pereira it's another one that i love in brazil mm -hmm. that i think his arrangements you know like i always like you know i always was like attracted to the harmonic aspect of the instrument right because mm -hmm. the guitar is a, such a difficult instrument it's not it's not easy as the mm -hmm. piano it's it's especially solo you know like mm -hmm. it's it's but if you i mean there's plenty you know like and 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 uh João Bosco, you know because it's not solo guitar because he sings but i mean i'm definitely i'm i was very influenced by the way he come uh, to himself you know like and uh Garoto, it's another one, one of my favorites of all time. Okay, from Brazil. I have, to check, I have to check that out. Well, this guy is is 
is really, really amazing, you know, and, yeah. and I think he's one of the most uh, inventive, you know, like a, he's kind of like a, uh, how can I compare him to, so, no, you, you, you got to check him out. He's very different, you know, and he's like pre-Bossa uh, Nova, he's pretty sure he's from the 30s. And, and actually, say, his my, name, say his name one more time for our listeners. Garoto means kid, literally. <clears throat> okay. So that was his nickname. His name is kind of, it's a little bit, uh, it's Aníbal Augusto Sardinha, but Garoto, as far as harmony, as far as compositions, if you, if, you're you gonna see it, you know, it's just, yeah. so he was some of, some of my main influence on the instrument for sure. And one yeah. of my favorite guitar players of all time. He was a prodigious, you know, he was such a like virtuoso of the instrument, but he was so lyric at the same time. So he was yeah there's a there's a great connection between jazz and brazilian music uh but even more so i think between like jazz guitar and and brazilian guitar uh we've even found just within the new west guitar group uh we have a lot of fans in brazil whenever we put up videos we get tons of people from in brazil engaging us it's something about that country and the tradition in that country with the guitar, when they see three guitar players playing together, it kind of hooks them in. And so we've always been really intrigued by that. And uh, I have some other friends who are from Brazil that are jazz artists out here that I think you'd probably know as well. And one thing that I've talked with them about that I wanted to talk with you about was just sort of the, the challenges, the inherent challenges of coming from Brazilian music and having the feel be so different, having the feel be a little bit more on top of things. And then yeah, in jazz, yeah, yeah. you know, whereas the feel tends to be, not in every situation, but tends to be, especially for swing and bebop, a lot more about being behind and like laying back into something. Did you struggle at all coming from Brazil, feeling like that feel was so ingrained in you and then feeling like you were trying to adapt uh, more of a feel to the, you know, the way you hear cats playing in New York, trying to get behind that beat. Was that something that you struggled with at all? You know what? I, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think, you know, like playing, playing uh, uh, any genre, any kind of genre, like it really, it, it's like speaking a language, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm doing, obviously, I'm doing my best to speak English and I, you guys kind of can understand me. But, you know, as I, I remember when I started playing with, with people from here, especially from New York or LA, or you kind of start, it's, it's a code. As uh, mm -hmm. Bob Minter, I love that. Like, it's, it's a code. So you start to understand the code. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I, as, when, I, when I started spending more and more time here, you know, in the States, and I would go back to Brazil, it would sound a little bit different in, in, in a great way. I, I hate to say that there is a, a, a right you know, like a, a, a proper way to play jazz or play Brazilian music. I, right, hate, right, I love right. accents. So like when I, when I, when I said, so every time when I, when I hear that, that's something that helped me a lot to hear people from here playing Brazilian music. Because mm -hmm. then I can, oh, okay, I can notice like they kind of, you know, like sense of time feel and all this kind of stuff playing mm -hmm. Brazilian music, which is different, as you said, like it's more laid back. Like mm -hmm. Brazilian music is more on top of the beat or it's not just okay, even eight. So no, no, it's 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 a difference. It's more subtle than that. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. It's or, or Cuban music, you know, like or, or if you go to music from the Balkans, everyone has a different accent and a different mm -hmm. way of listening to the music, mm -hmm. right? Listening to the music. 
So when I came here and I started playing, I learned a lot just from hearing these guys playing, just mm -hmm. from hearing these guys comping from me, you know. And I, I noticed something really interesting, like it's more simple than it seems or it looks like or it sounds like, you know. We always, when people play Brazilian music, they play extra things that they're, they're not necessary. That's it, you know, like, and I say, no, no, it's simple than that. You know, it, it, right, it's right. just this. So sometimes it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not technical. I mean, the, uh, the difficulty that you have is not technical. It's like it's more about the conception, you know, like the, the concept of the things. Mm -hmm. Conceptually, yeah. you know, like speak. So I always tell, like, I think jazz, it's, it's when people listen to jazz from, from when you're not, not familiar, for, for instance, you guys, you grew up listening to this kind of music, right? Like R&B and jazz, like you're from here, you speak English. This is your native language. So it's a different thing. Like for you, it's natural. You know what I'm saying? Like it's natural in the way yeah. that the mm -hmm. way you listen, even before you start playing the instrument. That's the thing. So I always tell people, before you start playing your instrument, you pick up your instrument, you have to listen and listen again and listen again and listen again. And then once you like have that thing, you know, like it's a passion, right? So yes. Like you, you, you kind of, I kind of try to pay respect to the music. That's the thing out of passion, you know, that I have for, for the music. Yeah. So uh, I think it, I changed the way I, I, I play jazz, especially mm -hmm. after I, I came here and started playing with people like with, with native, you know, like people. Mm -hmm. And not just native people, great musicians, you know, like mm -hmm. I like in 2006, I came here to record with Brad Meldau. And I, I never forget the feeling of having Brad comping and I say, oh, you know, it's deeper than that. You know, like that was a great feeling, but it was kind of life changing, you know, playing with. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, like with Bob Mincher, you know, that it's super laid back, you know, it swings so hard. Like he just played, we heard Bob playing this song and he played great. It's like it's an afoche, it's a Brazilian rhythm. Everyone yeah. playing on top of the beat and and, and and Bob like pushing us back in a beautiful way. Yeah, right? Like super relaxed, can be like 243 BPM and he's going to be laid back, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Play. And that's beautiful. There is a great, like I said, there's a great marriage between jazz music and Brazilian music that is really terrific. And, you know, you're doing such a tremendous job uh, with that in your artistry. So I want you to oh, know thank that. Thank you, man. Coming from you guys, man. You guys are... <laughs> Are the cats, man? <laughs> well, By the way, we love your album, the the Ponte. How do I, now? You gonna you gonna help me? Oh, John's Ponte. album, uh, uh, Ponderosa. Ponder, Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Yeah, great album. John sings really well. Um, yeah, it's that you album. I, I was about and to ask you, is it you singing? Yep, that's me singing, yeah. and then you're singing on your your records too, Chico. Yeah. Right. So yeah, same. It sounds like same thing. We grew up singing and playing guitar. You know, yeah. so oh, that means yeah. a lot coming from you too, man. It's fun. It's fun to get to exchange that here on our shows. I mean, like the group, I love. I remember. I think the first time I, 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 you told me about the group, and then Will, like when we, 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 we met yeah. at, at DC. DC. Man, it's beautiful, beautiful. I love it. like guitars, like guitars together. I love the the combination of having like more than one guitar. Like the strings, is just perfect. You guys has such a great chemistry together, man. It's just amazing. Well, really? thank you. Um, speaking of the guitar, I've, I've always uh, been curious to ask a, a, a Benedetto player like yourself about those guitars. Um, I've I've tried them a number of times at different guitar shows and, and friends of mine that have had, had them. And um, it's always just been a little 
tough for me to get into those instruments. I don't know if you've heard that from other people. There's like the way that they set them up, there's like a, I, I feel like there's a tightness to it or a stiffness to it that I feel relative to the instruments that I play. And I think some guys are into that though. Like we talk a lot about setup on this podcast. You know, the name of the podcast is high action, right? So everybody needs to have a certain kind of resistance and setup to get the phrasing that they want. And I'm really curious about how you think about the Benedetto and why you've been drawn to it and what, what about that instrument really connects with you? That's a, that's an, uh, a great question. Uh, so I, the first I think the first time I tried a Benedetto was back in 2007, maybe, or 2006. And I remember because, you know, that's the thing. You, you, you're so right. I mean, the setup changes everything. You know, like you can, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an example. Like I love Monteleones, you know, like don't get me wrong. I love it. But I remember that, 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 that thing that we recorded, that you played, you played that, but I, I remember that me, uh, me, Julian, and Steve, the next day, man, we were like, my arm was a pipe, was <laughs> terrible, man. I was like, I, I was just struggling so hard with the instrument. I, I couldn't play. I remember I hated because I really couldn't play. I, I wasn't able to play. Like, I was just, oh, my God. And Anthony was like, just, well, because he plays a, a, a mountain, so he's used right. to it. Right. But I think it was like part of it. It, it. it was because the setup. It was. It was really the action was very high. So obviously, like the sound was beautiful. Was boom and ringing it and, and the projection. Yeah. But but I mean to play those instruments like it really. I remember all of us like we had to make a, a like a extra effort, you know, and and really even. Like trying to to you know like to, to okay to get along with the instrument, but I couldn't you know it's just like a but I played Anthony Wilson's which is a Monteleone and I love it, so so and kind of the, the it was a sixteen you know like a, it was different shapes and 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 size and everything but I mean the, the guitars the, the 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 four seasons but I mean any of them like I I remember just one was kind of okay I, I kind of can play it but obviously like the, when I was Solomon it was the worst one for me so. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't play uh, Perry, but I think the Benedetto when I when I when Howard Howard uh, actually George Pettit I don't know if you guys are, uh, know George George is a great guy great sound engineer actually he mm -hmm. was the one that recorded that 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 concert okay and he was the one that introduced me to to the Benedetto guys and okay. then I remember I went I went uh, uh, I was in Savannah playing uh, at the at the festival and then. I went to Howard's, which which is the uh, he's the CEO of 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 Bennett, and I tried, man, uh, no kidding, I tried like forty five guitars. Oh wow, nice. About that, and I, so from those forty five guitars, I really liked like three or four, that I really liked, and then the rest like I, mm, it's, it's not for me. It's just but this three or four, I loved it. Because it was something about the, you know, like, so I, I think I don't like the, the way they set up the instruments at the factory, actually. It's very, you know, like the, the, the strings, they're super heavy. And that, that, so I, I mixed my strings, as I think you guys do, you know, like yeah. I use 11 and 12s and 13, you know, like, because it makes sense. I'm not crazy. I swear yeah. to God, I'm not crazy, you know. <laughs> You're not yeah, crazy. You, no, you it got makes it. sense. Right, it does make a difference, and we we talk about this a lot. I mean, Will Brom, you and I are always talking about setup and stuff, 
back when we were on the road, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we used to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, going through different cities talking about gear setups, you know. And Will, what's your setup on your 175? Are you using 12s or are you I using have 12s. 12s? I just so, have 12, like oh, D Dario 12s. Regular Or the regular ones? Or, or? Um, round wound. Okay, wrong. round wound. Yeah. I haven't really ever messed with flat wounds. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, man, Chico, what's up, man? Good to see you. <laughs> Will, man, you'll you be there. Like, I, I can feel you, buddy. Yeah. It's great to talk to you again in DC. You sounded. Thanks, man. That was so man. fun to hang in. I remember yeah. the first time I saw you live was at the Hollywood Bowl with Lee Rittenauer. Ooh. I think it was August 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that was a super cool show. Yeah, so <laughs> that, was that was the first time I actually got to see you live, and then I met you like that following December. Um, well, Perry was kind of talking about the the Benedetto and the Archtop, but I know you play a lot of nylon string, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to talk about that because that's such a amazing sound, and I'd love your input on how how different it is, how similar it is. You know, especially use. Like you can play rhythm guitar on a nylon string so much differently than on an arch top. Yes, yes, you know? it's true. Can can you give us some of your insight on that? Oh my God, this is a, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a completely different instrument. It's like I, I would say it's almost like a electric and, and acoustic bass. You know, it's a different world. Is it? I started out playing playing uh, nylon string. Right, mm. that, it was my first instrument. And obviously, the first thing is like picking the, the right hand, you know, picking and plucking. It's a completely different story, you know. I would say it's harder for me. Uh, you depend on yourself, you know, and your technique. Some, sometimes I would say more on, on the acoustic guitar because it's just a flat instrument. Mm-hmm. You cannot rely on, on, you know, like most of the time, like, at least my, I'm talking about like as far as, my, as far as myself, like the, the electric guitar, you can put some, you know, like different pedals and, and stuff and get in, but, but not that like the, the acoustic guitar, it's you and the guitar and that's it. And I love that because really yes. the sound comes from you and the guitar and that's it. You know, yes. I love that setup. And the nylon strings, because of the, the, the distance between the, the strings, you know, like the way that it, the, it, it's kind of, it's easier to plug. It's just easier. Yeah. Like the guitar sometimes is too tiny. Like it's too, uh, the Benedetto, that was one of the reasons, like coming back to Perry's uh, mm-hmm. uh, question about Benedetto. Benedetto, from, to me, is one of the, the easiest guitars to, pl- to plug. You know, mm-hmm. some, some guitars, like even 175s, you know, like I, I have one myself and I love it. I, uh, uh, I used to 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 play uh, a 175 and and a 335 and Fenders and stuff, but they are really really hard to pluck. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. pluck and and play. I'm kind of like the, what they call hybrid or whatever they would, but but it's not really hybrid because hybrid is when you solo with both. Like I when I comp normally I comp with like plucking with fingers, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when I solo, I solo with the with with the pick. Right, sometimes with fingers, but but it's different. It's the sound of and the totally approach of totally different. Because like playing uh, uh, like li- uh, linear notes, like more, it's difficult to pluck. Mm-hmm. Right, when you use open strings, it's great plucking. Mm-hmm. Right, and I have a lot of my tunes are based on that. Like it sometimes is a pattern that I do like plucking and stuff, and it, and it started like a groove or whatever with that. That's but its own language, yeah. 
Right. It's, it's, a, it's a language. Like in Brazil, everyone, it's not like we don't use speak, you know, like mm -hmm. only playing mandolin, which we call bandolin. It's a little different. Right. Choro, they, they, but not not like a, a, a nylon string or seven strings. Now it's always plucking, right? Mm -hmm. Then the, the seven string, they have a, a, a different peak, like they call the data, which is the, on the thumb, mm -hmm. but not six mm -hmm. string. So uh, for me, it was a struggle, to be honest, like at the beginning, because they're kind of opposite, opposite techniques. Because when you have to, to be super flexible and relaxed and the picking, it's, all, it's more stuff or whatever you want to call it, you know, like it's so, but I do that in a, in a, in a I practice a lot, actually, because uh, I think it's not... A, the guitar in, in the, the the guitar in the Brazilian music plays a, a completely different role uh, comparing to to the jazz, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. As far as rhythm, because we are part of the engine, right? Like a Swiss clock, like you have a Brazilian clock, so it's super busy. So people don't understand. Like, and we always play with piano, like normally, like we play, especially if you're playing. Uh, uh, MPB, uh, popular Brazilian music with a singer, tell you have both piano and guitar, and they are super busy, both of them are at the yeah, same right. time. Right. So that's why you have to be super precise. And when I say super precise, it's not like uh, keyboard precise, Casio, mm -hmm. and but I mean, you, you have to work with the drums and with the bass in a different way. When you're playing jazz, the tempo carriers are mostly in a band, drums and bass. Right, mm -hmm. and the guitar is just floating around, right? Like piano, you're floating on top of it. But in Brazilian music, you're part of this, you know, cement that 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 glue yeah. everything together. So you're playing in a in a rhythmic way all the time. So that's why it, when when it comes to to comp, it's very specific. And I mean, any any different rhythm in Brazil is very specific. You have to really have this this thing down you know like you have to in order to to function in a in a band so when people start learning about brazilian music i say you know what you have to change your your mindset yeah and you have to act like a drummer basically or whatever you want to call it it's like a, it, you are a percussion instrument when you're playing the guitar in in brazilian music period i love know? that i love that acting like a drummer like and that's that's rhythm guitar playing in general and which you do a lot of as opposed as opposed to you know quote unquote rhythm versus quote unquote lead playing but there's so many similarities and i'm sure you would agree like you're not having a huge change of mindset when you're going from rhythm guitar to lead guitar necessarily because yeah. it's everyone's responsibility with the time i agree i, I couldn't agree more you know i yeah. think that some people say no the, like a we have like this. Okay, so now we, we this is the rhythm, you know, uh, uh, guitar. This is no, there's, you know, like you get, and, and eventually, you know, like you're gonna go from, you're gonna do a feel, you know, but it still have to 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 act as a drummer, even yes. when you because it cannot Absolutely. just lay, you know, you know, it, it oh, people are going to feel okay, no, 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 man, don't stop, you know, like you are a drummer. So in jazz, you can take both hands and the tempo is going to be there, you know, like you can't right. even, you know, but, but not in, but in Brazilian music is different. It is really different. I think that's such a great lesson. That's something I definitely learned when I joined, cause I'm, I'm like the third iteration of new West. And when I joined, that was such a, a lesson is like learning, like interlocking rhythm guitar without a rhythm section and, 
and keeping that pulse, even if the if you're playing notes or not, but like maintaining that on the train of time, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah. And also yeah. on when you play your Benedetto, I I remember you had a cool octave thing when you were playing. With <laughs> me. You you clicked that on at some point, yeah. And um, I love talking about pedals. Um, I'll bet too, some man. of the listeners <laughs> like talking about pedals. Uh, what was that? What were you using? It was just a, an octave, like a, 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 a regular boss octave. I actually now I'm I'm more I'm more into pe- into pedals, you know, like and I, I love them. them. I love them, you know, like in the in the latest album, uh, City of Dreams. It I was the first time I, I yeah I, I I used a little bit of of uh overdrive you know like a drive which uh, it's not like no i used you know like in brazil obviously but but not on my own thing on my albums like it's more like clean nylon strings and now mm-hmm. you know it, it evolve as a musician you change all the time you know like uh, and i think that's that's really you know i i've, I've read that book like i love that book the, the david burns book and he said something about you know uh the environment the room mm-hmm. That you're playing, you know, change completely the way you play. Yeah. Only the room, like if you're playing, like for instance, a Hollywood ball, you're gonna play in a certain way. If you play at Smalls, the same musician is gonna play in a completely different way. You know what I'm saying? Like just by changing the environment, mm-hmm. and that is so true. Because you know, like if you say that like jazz is is for me, I mean, I'm personally, it's is is the kind of music that works better in smaller places because it's Absolutely. so you know full of dynamics and subtleties you know like in rock you can play in a you know stadium because you know like it's about like a p- punching you know like and all this the pressure mm-hmm. and i love rock i played rock a lot a lot rock in brazil back back in the day but i mean and so which means like uh, just making shorter like uh, it, it, the, the the where you play i mean wherever you play you know like it's going to affect directly on your sound on your music and the way you play the way you respond to it mm-hmm. so playing with pedals is great i think cuz you know like you can adjust in a way that it's going to be more comfortable for you you know with like a countless setup setups you know like in a so so you know like so many different ways you can achieve there like uh, to to be as com- as comfortable as possible to don't think about it and just play it mm-hmm. so that's the, that's what pedals is all about for me you know so i'm i'm experimenting all the time and if you put an octave you're going to change your way of playing of course and i love octave pedals you know like especially yeah. doubling yeah it's great i want to respect your time so before we play another song of yours i just have another question about um with utilizing overdrive and compression on a hollow body, that's something we're really into because a hollow body, I mean, it can get really tricky getting that a hollow body to cut in an ensemble mix, especially if it's loud. And like using a little bit of, of overdrive or compression, I'm like I'm sure you agree, it really focuses the sound and it allows your single notes to just like be more present. Yep. And what kind of pedals are you using for that? You mean for 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 the overdrive? For overdrive or compression? So okay, nice. I I, I now right now I'm using a clone, mm. which I I, I, I like. Use those. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice pedal. Like, it, and I'm using a a pedal that is a Brazilian pedal that a friend of mine did. Kind of like a, nice. a boutique pedal that I, <laughs> yeah, that I like kind of, very much. You know, th- there's there's boutique pedals. You know, like handmade pedals right. everywhere right, right now. Right. Like everyone is 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 making. It, and some of them are really good. 
This guy is a funny guy in Brazil. This great guy, and he he builds uh, amplifiers and 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 pedals. It's uh, so I, I'm using one of these, one of those. And uh, as far as compression, I think the clump it's got a, it it's it gives you a little bit of compression itself. Like you don't have even to use the the, the I love the, actually I love the pedal compression more. Even, I love the, the the drive, but I mean the the compression that it gives you like this kind of focused sound. You know, like that is great. You're right. Sometimes it's really hard to cut through, you know, like especially when you're playing like you, you play with with Arturo, which I th I think it's 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 kind of like high Very energy. Noisy. Yeah, it's noisy, you know, like sometimes it's noisy and you have to cut through, you know, anyway. So uh, although actually I just play an electric with him. I'll admit it. I don't even bother trying to play a hollow body um, or even with a softer sound, because at one point he, he pulled me aside. He's like, I need you to have. <laughs> more distortion <laughs> well, i was like you got it you know you don't have to yeah. say that twice to a guitar player um, exactly. yeah but you know you know how it goes it's it's so interesting how guitar i mean we're talking about nylon string and then hollow body and then compression and overdrive it, it, it's a it's a full-time demanding instrument to just fit yeah. into the different musical settings yeah and 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 the thing is that on top of that i would say it's really hard to find the perfect setup. Why? Because even in the same, like within a song, you have so many different, you know, moments and stuff. And 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 sometimes in a moment it, that's gonna work. And 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 when you know what I'm saying, like yes. it, it's really it's it's impossible to really, you know, like uh, to really function function in all kinds of 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 environments, even in the in 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 a, in a song. It doesn't have to I be agree. okay. So no, this song is more a ballad, or this okay. In in that ballad, you know, at a certain point, you can have a drive, and it's gonna work. You know, so or so. I mean, it's it's. I think it's a matter to find a, the, the the right balance, in in, in you know, and in in and and work with that. You know, in and with the limitations that all kinds of setups has its limitations. So you have yeah. to deal with that too. You know, when you're playing with a drive, you have a certain kind of limitations. When you're playing with a nylon string guitar, you're gonna have a, another, you know, like, you know, limitations going on. You know, like uh, with your instrument. So, like, yeah, it's a matter of finding uh, the the right setup, the setup that makes you more comfortable playing on that kind of situation or whatever. You know. Man, I love talking about this stuff. Can we play another song of yours? Oh, let's definitely. In fact, the album Tris, I love this, and this is Prana Prana. <laughs> oh, nice! A little, Great. just a little, just a little clip of this for just the a listeners. Little clip. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just, uh -huh. 
Stunning. Stunning, man. So so fluid. You're you're such yeah, a fluid man. player and it's and dynamic. I love the energy that you play with your single lines, with your comping. And what well, that was a collaborative recording, I believe, with a couple artists I wasn't familiar with. Um that was a collaborative, yeah. It was was three different uh Sergio Santos and Andre Memari. They both there. We 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 put it together like we actually we that was great because we 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 all the tunes we kind of like collaborate like we would send send like a little you know like parts of our tune or whatever like and we did it we did the whole album like this so like it's basically this tune actually is by i i, uh, I wrote it with andre so yeah uh, and we would like to go back and forth that's the that's one of the advantages of having this you know like like the the emails and 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 uh, as we were talking about, like back in the day, it wouldn't be impossible to do an album like that. And right. it was, like a little clips and sending it back and forth. And that so it was a different album. Yeah. Right. Fun too. And, you know, just, just as we start wrapping up here today, because it's been such a pleasure to have you and to get to talk. Um, oh, man. Likewise. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious. So looking forward here, you know, in the next year or two, what, what are some things that you're kind of looking forward to that you're working on right now? Um, more, more solo projects, more ensemble projects. Um, I'm just, just always curious to know. Well, that's a that's a, a really tricky question because you know like all the things that we have like all of us like it has been canceled like a, a domino theory domino like a, a effect right <laughs> and I don't know like the things that that I that I was supposed to play you know like March April it's been canceled already so we I don't know if I'm just crossing fingers that that the summer you know it's gonna it's gonna be something closer to what we used to call normal you know yeah. but i mean anyways i have i have another album album that i want to do i want to record i would be recording this year but obviously like everything changed and now probably maybe next year hopefully uh with a quartet here from right. from new york and i want to do a solo album too because a friend of mine a, a producer great producer in brazil is insisting and it's you know we, we, you never do it and i love it's very challenging right, right. Uh, but i think it's it's great you know like it's something that i that i really i i was i was planning to do it it's been a like since forever you know like but i mean i it, it, you have to really choose carefully the repertoire so i still choosing you know like what kind of tunes you know I, i'm gonna play but yeah these two projects and 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 hopefully you know like go back to, to on the road you know with my band with with uh, the, the the projects that i'm involved with and uh, i hope hopefully like we all hope that right. you know like it, it will happen eventually in the summer maybe next summer or or next fall yeah man well we loved having you in la at sam first it was a great venue to get to hear you play you sounded amazing you always have an amplifier to borrow when you come out here anytime oh, you man, thank you so much <laughs> likewise when and, you guys and, come here you know you have you have an app, you have a room, you know, like to, to tell you whatever you guys need it. Count on me, man. That's sweet. Well, we, I, and I just have to ask last question. So how high is your action right now, Chico? Is it super high? Is it medium? Is it low? No, it's, it's medium to low. Okay. It's medium to low. It's not high, you know, like I would say it's medium to low. Yeah. Well, Chico, again, we just can't thank you enough for being on high action today. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for your, your generosity, your kindness. You guys are the best. Yeah. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Chico. Good Take man. care, Chico. Be well, man. You too. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting edition of High Action. We'd like to take this moment to thank our sponsors for making this podcast possible, especially those who follow us on Patreon. 
If you'd like to join us, visit us at www.patreon.com slash newwestguitargroup. There you can subscribe monthly to our Patreon page and get exclusive content from today's podcast. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for all the future episodes. Once again, I'm John Story with New West Guitar Group, and thanks for joining us on High Action.